0: Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre and post game shows, tune in to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with LaFern Cusack Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m.
1: ESPN LA 710.
0: Hey, thank you so much for joining me here on ESPN LA 710. I'm LaFern Cusack. Today we're talking all about Westside Food Bank and what they have going on with Chief Development Officer Genevieve Riotort. Genevieve, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, LaFern. It's great to be here. I am happy to have you back. And uh, I know and our listeners know you come on often uh, because you guys have a lot going on. And also uh, we shared a friendship together. We're on the board of uh, directors for several organizations, and we did stuff at Santa Monica TV together and all of that. So, Yes, taught a few workshops together about (laughs) how to be a good media guest. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) which I am failing drastically this morning. My coffee has not kicked in. Uh, Genevieve, tell us what you do at Westside Food Bank.
2: So at West High Food Bank, I'm the chief development officer, which means I'm in charge of everything that has to do with raising money for the organization and also about raising awareness about our work and what we do and about how much need there is for food assistance um, in our part of L.A. County, but really all over Los Angeles.
0: And I know you guys have an upcoming event. Uh, I want to get that out there so everybody can participate. June 15th, tell us about that.
2: Oh, this is going to be amazing. It's Bill Esparza's Takeando Festival. So this is a taco lifestyle festival because we all know that in Los Angeles, Tacos are a way of life, (laughs) and it's going to be Saturday, June 15th, down at the Skylight Row in downtown LA, and it's um, going to be an all-you-can-eat taco tasting festival, and they are bringing in taco chefs from Mexico, from all over Los Angeles. I mean, this is going to be the most amazing taco festival, festival you've ever been to. And so it's takeando, which is T A Q U D A N D O, which means to taco. It's like a verb, to taco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are going to be tacoing like crazy on Saturday, June 15th. And uh, it's takeando.com. And on all social media, it's takeando, or you can go to WSFB.org to learn more about it. Forty-five dollars for general admission, or seventy-five dollars for VIP. And we have a promo code for your listeners and for all Westside Food Bank supporters called uh, Taco WSFB, like Westside Food Bank, and that gets you ten bucks off. Mm. And there's going to be all kinds of amazing foods. Proceeds benefit Westside Food Bank. We're going to have a booth there. We're going to be talking about the amazing taco recipes that you can make with the kinds of foods that Westside Food Bank distributes which is lots of fresh produce and protein items and all kinds of good stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's 21 and over. Um, but we, we hope to see everybody out there supporting West Side Food Bank at Bill Esparza's Takeando Festival on Saturday, mm-hmm. June 15th.
0: That sounds great. I'm already hungry. And after this uh, show, I think I'm going to go grab a taco somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that
2: sounds like a plan.
0: Yeah. So, Genevieve, you have been with Westside Food Bank for a long time, about 15 years now. Is that correct? Yes, it was 15 years this spring, and I just love being at the food
2: bank. We are uh, a small but mighty crew of uh, just eight full-time and one part-time person, and with that crew, we managed to... um, provide about four and a half million pounds of food every year, and that food goes to about 108,000 people. So we're serving the western part of L.A. County, Mm. Um, and it's lots of different member agencies that we provide food for. So the food bank isn't a place where individuals would come to get food um, if they need food assistance. We're more like the wholesaler, and we distribute food to our member agencies. And then they distribute the food directly to the public. And so I would say, go ahead. Uh, most of our food goes out through a free grocery programs. So uh, that's food pantries where an individual or a family can get free groceries, and that's probably the ninety percent of our food goes out that way.
0: And with a, a lot of uh, athletes that. Uh, uh, maybe going to college, you know, there was a story about uh, a young athlete that really didn't have a lot of food, and he was embarrassed that his family went to food banks to get their food um, and tried to hide that fact that, you know, he was kind of struggling. Well, you know what? There is no shame in um,
2: struggling to make it, especially in Los Angeles. Yeah. We live in a place where the cost of living is so high, especially the cost of housing. I mean, we are really in the midst of an unprecedented housing crisis, and there's really a huge lack of affordable housing. And so many people, even people that have pretty good jobs that, that might otherwise be considered middle class, are really struggling to pay for the housing. Some people have to pay up to 50, 60, 70 percent of their income just to stay housed. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't leave a lot left over for buying food, transportation, childcare, utilities, all the other things that people need to survive. So we really feel like if we can put the food part in place so that people don't have to spend money on food, then they can use their resources to stay housed and to take care of all of their other needs. And this is very common among college students. So, yeah. You know the the studies have shown that somewhere between sixty five and seventy five percent of community college students in Los Angeles are food insecure, and that's appalling. That's most of the students that are in community colleges. Mm-hmm. So this is a very common problem for students, and it's actually something that we've been addressing at Westside Food Bank. We started working with UCLA. Gosh, it's been almost ten years now, um, but recently. We started food pantry programs at Santa Monica College, um, at West Los Angeles College, and at Mount St. Mary's, and we're talking to some other local colleges to start programs there because so many students are in need, and, you know, we're finding that students are regularly visiting the food pantry program, Um, and then because we want to make sure that students are getting really fresh, healthy food, we've also been working with doing farmer's market-style distributions at some of the colleges. So this is where, you know, once a week or in some cases once a month, they'll set up a big farmer's market style with tables and fresh produce. And it feels more like um, a shopping experience. Yes. And so it doesn't feel as shameful, and students don't feel that stigma. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And it's more of a communal experience, and so students feel more comfortable getting that kind of food assistance, because it doesn't feel like, oh, you're going into some dark closet somewhere and hiding. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out with your other students um, getting fresh food. And, you know, some of the students tell us that this is the only fresh produce that they get, so that without these farmer's market-style distributions, and of course, they don't pay for the food. It's a, it's a free distribution. Um, but otherwise, they really wouldn't be getting any fresh produce, because they just can't afford
0: it and don't have access. Well, those numbers are staggering. I mean, I, I
2: just... yeah, I it's really embarrassing to think that most of our college students are going hungry. And that's not just at the community college level. Even at the UC level, they're estimating between 30 and 35 percent of students are food insecure. Well, how and, do you, you know
0: how do they you need to eat? Yeah, this is our future. <laughs> exactly. We're counting on those kids. Exactly. Well, how do you go about setting up these uh, food what do you call it? Food pantries on the campus. Pantries. So we work with the administration um, because they're really aware; they they're seeing
2: it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have just developed relationships with the administrations of the schools, and they want this service. They want to be able to make sure that their students are getting enough to eat. So you know, the, every administration has been very cooperative and very supportive. Um, you know, and the community's been supportive, too, because it takes some energy to get food there. You've got to either deliver it or they have to come get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's storage questions. So um, it takes a big effort, but it's really worth it because we want to make sure that, you know, the students who are going to be solving the problems of the future are, um, you know, getting the nutrition that they need so they can focus and do well in school and stay in school. Um, it's really important. And a lot of students are juggling you know, school plus taking care of families or right. you know, having jobs. So there's, you know, these students have a lot going on, and, and we're doing everything we can to support them, yes. at least with food. Yeah. And it's one of the highest food insecure populations in our area is college students. Wow. So it, we recognize that there was a great need, and now it's something that we're really focusing on.
0: Very interesting. Now, I know you do a lot with veterans in your service area. Tell us about that. Well, veterans are
2: the other really high food insecure population. Um, you know, they've done the the counts and there are over 4,000 homeless veterans in Los Angeles, which is um, one of the highest homeless veteran populations in the country. And we also have the largest VA in the country with that West LA VA campus. And so we have been working with the um, administrators at the VA to really make sure that we're doing everything we can to get food to veterans. So a lot of veterans come through that campus to get medical services, to get all kinds of services. And so while they're there, they can access our food. We have a once a week um, food distribution where we literally just drive our van out to the campus. We have a beautiful new refrigerated van that was donated to us. And we hand out about 200 bags of food every week. And that's Thursdays between noon and two. So if you're a veteran and you're in the West LA area and you need food assistance, you can go to the West LA VA directly across from the hospital. And um, all you have to do is show that you're a veteran. Mm -hmm. No other questions are asked. And you can get access to uh, free fresh produce and some other pantry staples as well. And we serve about 200 vets a week with that program. And... It's been really amazing. There are also several um, shelters where homeless veterans um, are being housed and are receiving services at the campus, including um, one by Step Up on Second, um, New Directions for Veterans. There's a Salvation Army transitional village where veterans and their families can live. um, And we supply food to all of those programs as well. And we also provide uh, bagged lunches for VA sites, not just at the West LA VA, but for some of the other VA sites in Los Angeles. So we're putting together lunches every week where veterans can come and pick that food up.
0: You guys are pretty and busy.
2: Yeah, we're we're really busy. Like I said, small but mighty. Uh, there's only eight of us, but we get a lot of volunteer help to pack those bags and to box food in our warehouse uh, and to make that food available. Um, and we're really hoping to see this veteran homelessness issue being addressed. They're planning on housing another at least thousand or so veterans on that campus within the next year or so. And, you know, we're with them every step of the way, making sure that we're doing everything we can to provide food for those veterans because they deserve it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's one of the initiatives uh, for ESPN is, you know, working with veterans and making sure that their needs are, are met. Um, there are veterans,
2: Exactly. And up at that VA campus, there's actually one of the few recreational programs that's available. We're hoping that there will be more. That campus should at least have a basketball court or something. But Mm -hmm. for right now, one thing they do have is a beautiful nine hole golf course. And it's called the Heroes Golf Course. And it's beautiful. It's up at the top of the hill, gorgeous views. And there are programs there for veterans to you know, get that exercise and, and play golf and that's where we also have about 25 garden beds um that's a project that we're working on called the Heroes Garden and we grow vegetables and herbs and all kinds of things that will be provided to the veterans on the campus and actually some of the vets help to tend the garden which oh, is kind of great. therapeutic for them yeah it's been really great they've you know expressed a lot of um joy about being able to you know just get in there and dig in the soil and grow food
0: and know that it's helping people yeah you know it's a very peaceful fun activity now you're talking about how you have partners that distribute the food or you distribute the food to your partners uh what about the homeless uh How do you guys do your outreach to them? I mean, if you're taking food to veterans and to college campuses, are there any programs that you have for the homeless?
2: Oh, yeah. There are a lot of uh, our member agencies that are serving homeless individuals, um, both through hot meal programs and then also at shelters. So, for example, we work with the People Concern, which is one of the largest homeless service agencies in Los Angeles. And they have programs ranging from, um, you know, food pantries to drop-in centers uh, right near the Westside Food Bank, actually, in Santa Monica. There's a big um, access center where uh, the lower floor is a high-tolerance shelter. So homeless individuals can come get hot meals. Um, and then some of them can also get shelter there. And then the upper level is the shelter for um, women who have experienced homelessness and who are also um, dealing with mental health challenges. Um, and they have a beautiful uh, kitchen and they make meals. So that's, that's one example. We also work with uh, St. Joseph's Center, which is uh, one of the other really big homeless service agencies in Los Angeles. And they have a food pantry, um, which is where probably a big chunk of our food, they're one of our biggest agencies, and they have a beautiful food pantry where their clients can come in and shop. And that's actually mostly for housed individuals. But then for the homeless population, they have a program, they have a culinary training program where they provide vocational training for um, individuals that have experienced homelessness or people who uh, were formerly incarcerated. And there's a beautiful cafe called Bread and Roses mm-hmm. where the uh, culinary training um, students make the food, and then homeless clients that are receiving services at St. Joseph Center uh, get a voucher where they can go and eat. And it's a restaurant experience. So mm-hmm. they sit down at a table. The table has flowers on it. They are served a beautiful gourmet meal that is cooked by these, um, you know, people that are learning how to be chefs and cooks with, you know, beautiful fresh produce from the Westside Food Bank. So those are just a few examples. But we also serve um, other kinds of hot meal programs, community kitchens. There's several churches that may do a breakfast and a lunch for homeless individuals. Or, um, you know, there are shelter programs where people are receiving, um, you know, sort of midterm housing. So they're maybe staying at a shelter for six to nine months while they try to get permanent housing. And we provide food to a number of those agencies as well. We probably have more uh, homeless service agencies than food pantries, but most of the food goes to food pantries that serve housed people. Mm-hmm. Because there's such a much bigger population of, of housed people that just need help with food.
0: Genevieve, how, did, how have you seen the landscape change for your 15 years at the Westside Food Bank in regards to delivery of, of food services for our community and um, the need? Well, the need has really changed a lot because I think when I first started at the
2: food bank, we saw the need rising every year by maybe about 4%. And then 2008 happened and it was like, uh, you know, it was like being hit by a tornado. So many people lost their jobs and it was the population of people that needed help just exploded. And we saw like an 85 to 90% increase in need. So that meant that the food pantries that we were providing food to were serving almost twice as many people and twice as many families as they had been before the economic crisis. And that really has not subsided. So we're finding that people still need help um, because even though some most people have regained jobs, they're not earning the wages that they used to. And they're certainly not earning enough to meet all of their needs. Here in Los Angeles. yeah. So we're seeing that there's more of a consistent need. You know, it used to be that people would just access pantries mostly when they had occasional emergencies. So the car broke down, so they had to spend their money on fixing the car, or, you know, somebody's back went out and they couldn't work for a few weeks. Um, and there's still some folks who access food that way, but we're finding that a lot of people really count on our food as a way that they regularly receive food and, and how they count on feeding their families and meeting their nutrition needs. And so for us, that's meant, first of all, having to distribute more food, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also making sure that our food is really nutritious, because knowing that almost half of our food is going to children, because there's a lot of low-income families that are accessing our food, yes. um, as well as programs specifically for children, so like the Boys and Girls Club, or the Marvista Family Center, the Pico Youth and Family Center, um, a lot of these programs are feeding kids. So kids come in after school, they get a snack, they get help with homework, and very often they're also getting dinner. And in some cases, you know, mom or dad comes to pick them up and they're getting dinner too. Yes. Um, And so we're really seeing that there's just a vast need. So anywhere we can plug it in, um, and some of these programs also have grocery programs where they'll send families home with groceries. So, you know, we're, we're sort of pushing out as much food as our agencies can take and trying to think of creative ways to get food out to people. Another population that's really um, expanding in need is the senior population. You know, the baby boomers are retiring <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and not all of them have really strong retirement. Um, Saving. So this is really the generation where the pension kind of became a thing of, a, of the past. Yes, everything um, has changed, right? Everything has changed. And so there are a lot of people who find themselves, you know, either by choice or aged out of jobs and not really able to make ends meet. And sometimes even people that own homes, because, you know, maybe they bought their home 50 years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> when homes were more affordable. Uh, but you can't eat your house. So, um, we're really seeing a lot of seniors that need help with groceries, and in fact, we're working um, on a special project to really make sure that we're getting food out to seniors. And so, we're we're distributing food in kind of non-traditional ways. You know, it used to be that we only distributed food to agencies that were official member agencies at the Westside Food Bank, um, but now with the senior program, we've been empowered to distribute food to other kinds of senior agencies. So it might be, you know, we might be working with a government housing project where um, a lot of seniors are living and figuring out, okay, how can we get food delivered there or do a, a produce or um, some kind of a pantry-style distribution at senior centers. We're also looking at um, working with Meals on Wheels to see if while volunteers are delivering hot meals, they can also deliver some groceries. Um, so we're working with senior centers that have activities and do lunches and things like that to see if we can also help provide groceries because we know that there's a need and we're we're really trying to get out ahead of it so that there's not a crisis.
0: Right. So how do you how do you monitor or see what events are effective for the food um, bank? in terms of distribution? or in terms of our,
2: like, fundraising events, or both? (laughs)
0: Um, I I guess both, but, I mean, I guess any way you get food out to people is fantastic, but how how do you know what is the most effective tool to get the food out to fill the needs of our community? Um, Well, we do have an evaluation
2: process. So each one of our agencies... Um, gets, you know, they provide us with reports every week, I'm sorry, every month that detail how many people received food, um, a little bit about demographics, like how many, you know, children, what's the household size. Um, and then we also do um, kind of unannounced site visits once a year. So they know that at some point during the year, um, Westside Food Bank staff is going to do a surprise visit to just observe and to make sure that food is being handled properly and that uh, people are being treated the way they should, and and that the food is being distributed um, properly. We also require certain certifications. So all of our member agencies have to have someone on staff that's a certified food handler. So they've gone through the training to make sure that they understand food safety, um, food storage, all of those things. Um, And then, you know, we also do some surveys. So we, Mm -hmm. we have done surveys at some of our food pantries, and literally just with a clipboard and a bunch of questions, ask clients, you know, how is this working for you? You know, are you getting food from other sources? Is this your only source? Um, how do you get here? <laughs> do you have to take this food home on the bus? Do you walk? Um, how far do you have to come? So um, so we hear directly from recipients, um, and then we also hear from our uh, member agencies, and, and we also have oversight from the larger Nationwide Feeding America Network that also visits our food pantries and our, um, you know, all of the agencies that distribute food to make sure that, that things are going the way they should. Wow. Um, but it's really about the numbers. I mean, how much food can we get out? Mm-hmm. You know, we can't necessarily prove that, uh, that people got healthier. But if we know that we distributed, you know, that more than half the food that came out of our warehouse was fresh produce, and we know it's going to low-income populations, that are typically at really high risk for things like obesity and hypertension and diabetes. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: We know that that's helping because having access to fresh food really helps to lower the incidence of a lot of those diseases that can be um, mitigated through diet.
0: Right, right. That's a huge concern, right? Um, Especially like diabetes, you know, you have diabetes, there's just certain things that you cannot eat or cannot, you know, uh, well, cannot ingest. Um, Exactly. And actually for us, we have a nutrition policy that guides
2: the kinds of foods that, that we will provide and even the kinds of foods that we will accept as donations. So our policy is that no more than 4% of all of our food can be sugary or high salt. And that's just that. I mean, if, if, someone wanted to donate an entire can, uh, an entire truck of canned soda, we would say no. Wow. Because we know that that's not what the people receiving our food need and that's going to exacerbate their health problems.
1: Right. So we really
2: focus on high protein foods, on fresh produce, um, on basic pantry staples, rice and beans, the kinds of things that, that really help to keep people healthy on a consistent basis.
0: Um, because we we know that it makes a difference. So talk about the food distribution. So the food comes to you and you guys sort it, correct? Yes. And, and then So dist- the
2: food comes to us in a couple of ways. Um, our food bank um, is about fifty percent of our food comes from donations and about fifty percent of the food we purchase on the wholesale market. Um, So donated food comes from um, community food drives. We have about 400 different schools and churches and businesses that do food drives for us. Um, And then a big chunk of our donated food comes from a statewide program called Farm to Family. So we work with the California Association of Food Banks in coordination with food banks all around the state to get food from farms that would otherwise be thrown away, either because it's you know, too big or too small or too ugly looking or there's just too much of it at once. Um, And then we organize to get that food harvested and transported to food banks around the state. And that program is responsible for probably close to 2 million pounds of fresh produce for us every year. So that's a huge source of donated food. Huge, right. Yeah. And because at the food bank we're committed to having a certain variety of food in our warehouse at all times, you know, it's something like we always have four kinds of vegetables. We always have three kinds of fruit. We always have, um, you know, fresh or frozen chicken as well as some kind of canned meat source like canned tuna or, or uh, canned chicken. You know, so if we don't get all of those things donated, then we have to make it up with purchases. So we will purchase on the wholesale market just like a Vons or an Albertsons or any big grocery store would buy their food from a wholesaler. We buy uh, fresh produce. We buy eggs. um, We buy things like shelf-stable low-fat milk. Um, We'll buy, you know, mixed uh, canned goods, beef stew, chunky soups and stews. Um, So we really make up whatever we don't get donated with purchases. So that's, you know, part of of how we get our food. So the food comes to us usually in big Mm -hmm. (laughs) semi-trucks that our warehouse staff helps to unload. Uh, usually Monday morning we'll get a big produce delivery and then that food comes into our warehouse. I'd say most, any fresh food and pantry staples, they, they stay about a week. You know, mm. they come in on Monday and by Friday they're gone.
0: <laughs> wow. Um,
2: yeah, it's pretty amazing. We turn over a lot of food because we don't have a huge space Um, but we know that we, we're still getting out almost five million pounds of food. So that means we got to turn it over really quickly.
1: Yes. And then
2: our member agencies will come. Most agencies come once a week Mm -hmm. to the warehouse and they will shop and, you know, get all of the the foods that they need. And, and, you know, we have limits based on their size and how many people they're serving and and what we have available. Um, a few agencies, the big ones like St. Joseph Center come twice a week, Mm -hmm. you know, and they might take, something like, you know, 3,000 pounds of food in one shot. Mm. And, you know, and then they're back a couple of days later to, to take that food again. Um, and actually, we're going through a big renovation right now where we're, we're starting to um, get a new IT system. We're hoping to, you know, make people able to kind of shop online ahead of time. And, um, you know, we're, we're modernizing a little bit, which hopefully yeah. is going to make us a little bit more efficient. Um, and make the shopping experience better for our member agencies. Right. Um, because it's, it's challenging. There's a big need out there, and we want to make sure that we're, we're meeting it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then in terms of our um, you know, our events to raise awareness and to raise funds, um, one of the things that we're focusing on a lot more is eliminating food waste.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, for example, with the Takeando Festival, um, we are providing... Um, education to all of the food vendors about how to minimize waste at the festival. And then all of the food that's left over from the Takeondo festival is going to be going to one of our community partners that has programs in the downtown LA area. Um, so we're going to make sure that no food, at least as much as possible goes to waste from that event. So when we're connected to events like that, we really make an effort to make sure that they're sustainable, that, that so food is being used well, and that anything that's left over can go to people who need it.
0: So how do you do that, Genevieve? How do you make sure that everything is sustainable at the event?
2: Um, So it's something that we ask of our partners.
0: Um, You know, it's it's
2: not always 100% achievable, but when we put a focus on it, then people understand that that's something that's important to us. And I know with the organizers of the Takeonda Festival, they were really interested in making sure that that happens so the first thing that we talked about you know before we even talked about like what here's what your donation is going to be and all of that is like can you help us make this event more sustainable can you help us make sure that the food doesn't get wasted you know can you help us coordinate that and so we were really excited about that because that's what we feel like we want to do we want to make sure that that the partners that we work with are really you know true to our mission in terms of making sure that that nothing goes to waste as much as possible Um, because that's really important and people are in need. And, um, you know, we find that especially here in Los Angeles, most of our partners are already really focused on that.
0: Mm, Right. Well, that's good. I mean, we're all trying to uh, to make a commitment to our environment and our community and you guys definitely are doing it. Um, I know. Yeah, and we're actually providing education at the Takeando
2: Festival at our booth for participants about how to eliminate food waste at home. So there's a oh. big focus on eliminating food waste. <laughs> so there'll be some handouts and some um, information there for people because nobody feels good
0: about that. <laughs> yes. Can you give us some tips of what you guys will be discussing?
2: Uh, well, part of it is in really thinking before you shop and planning. Um, I know for me, sometimes the mistake I've made is that, you know, I'll get really ambitious about foods that I'm going to cook. And then I realize, oh, gosh, I'm actually going to be out most of this week. And then the next thing I know, I have, you know, wilted lettuce or whatever yeah, it is yeah. for of the fridge, and I feel really bad about it. So a lot of it has to do with planning. Um, and then also uh, what we call food triage. <laughs> so sometimes you look at your fridge, and you have to decide that, you make your meal plans based on you know what what's going to go bad first. So that you know if you're if you have fresh produce that is you know a little bit more sensitive, you know you want to plan to cook those things first. So if you buy fish and you buy meat, you definitely want to cook the fish first. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's it's kind of things like that. Um, and there's some wonderful resources out there that um, can help people both with recipes and then also with you know, making those meal plans and being realistic about what their family
0: needs. Yeah, as definitely a plan to make a plan. I was, I, <laughs> and I know that a, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm just trying to keep it together. I have two kids or three kids and a full time job. or." And they're like, OK, come on, you can do it. Just make a plan. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and we provide that kind of education at a lot of our, our pantries, too. I know at St. Joseph's Center, um, they were telling us about how some of the fruits and vegetables were, you know, unfamiliar to some of their clients. And so they started having the chef come out and do demos while people were standing in line
1: for the food pantry. <laughs> oh, that's and smart. So
2: yeah. it's just like, you know, when you go to Costco and they have wonderful tastings, and then they will hand out recipe cards. So if someone's like, I don't know what to do with an eggplant. And then all of a sudden there's this delicious, you know, baba ganoush or, you know, roasted eggplant recipe that they get to taste and then they get a recipe card and all of a sudden it's like, Okay, I guess we will take that eggplant home and try yeah. this.
0: <laughs> it's as easy as that.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think it's it's really getting familiar with food, really making that plan and um and learning how to how to stretch your food. Mhm. Uh-huh. So
0: Yeah. And, you know, mixing and matching food, you know, so there are some of these uh, food services that, you know, teach you how to, you know, bring food together. So it's a, a full meal, some things that you may never have even thought about. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And there's some wonderful recipes out there that um, that we, we will be providing um, links to and Information about how to access that. There's a there's actually a website called eatfresh.org, and it's designed for people who receive food assistance, and it has all kinds of recipes that show you kind of how to do meal planning, and and it's actually great for anyone. So even if you're not receiving food assistance, Mm -hmm. but what they what they do is they sort of tailor the recipes to the kinds of foods that you might get you know, if you're receiving food from a food bank or from CalFresh or the WIC program.
1: Mm.
2: Um, and there'll be things like, you know, adding a can of beans to your stir fry or adding beans to your pasta dish so that you're increasing the protein.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so there's a lot of things that, that people can do like that.
0: Yeah. And uh, just so we can review the uh, event that's coming up again for people to participate in Bill Esparza's. Bill Esparza's Takeando
2: Festival. And that's going to be Saturday, June 15th. Um, it's, I believe it starts at 1 p.m. at the Skylight Row in downtown L.A. We're going to have um, all kinds of uh, taco chef from Los Angeles and from Mexico. So there's going to be some really great food that you may not have a chance to ever sample again. And it's all you can eat. And um, you can just go to Takeando, uh, Takeando.com and follow on social media. Everything is Takeando, T-A-Q-U-E-A-N-D-O. And it's a taco lifestyle festival. And if you use the promo code TACOWSFB, that'll get you $10 off tickets. And the proceeds are supporting West Side Food Bank. We're going to be there with the booth having a great time. And we hope to see lots of people out there. We're expecting probably about 3,000 people. Fantastic. It'll be a big, big, fun event with lots of incredible, delicious tacos and Mexican food, really celebrating Mexican culture and the taco lifestyle which is, you know, such a big thing here in Los
0: Angeles. Absolutely. Now, Genevieve, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you come on, not only to talk about all the great things that you're doing our, in our community, but uh, usually food banks get a lot of publicity around the holidays, whether, you know, around Thanksgiving or Christmas, but, It is a year-round thing that people need food year-round. How do people go about requesting a food drive or uh, making sure that the awareness is out if if they want to have a food drive, a Westside Food Bank? So
2: that's very simple. You can go to our website, which is WSS. WSFB.org, just like Westside Food Bank. It's our initials, WSFB.org. And um, we have a form there where you can um, request to hold a food drive and you put all your information in and then someone from our staff will contact you to set that up. But you're right. Um, Anyone with kids knows that people need to eat every single day Mm -hmm. and often multiple times (laughs) a day. (laughs) Uh, So you're right, it's not just during the holidays when we are inundated with food drives, and donations. Um, And the truth is, we really need help all year round. Um, And so, we really appreciate this opportunity to get that message out. One of the things that happens during the summer is that there are, you know, thousands and thousands of children who normally get breakfast and lunch at school, um, but during the summer, school is out. And so, those kids are at risk of missing out on those meals,
1: Mm -hmm. because
2: you know, for families to have to provide two additional meals a day, and in some cases for multiple children, that's a real burden. And so one of the things that we started a few years ago at West Side Food Bank is a supplemental summer food bag program. And so we've been working with our member food pantries to provide extra kid-friendly food um, for families that have children. And so that food helps to offset some of the meals that those kids are missing at school. So it'll have things like cereal and granola bars and fruit cups
1: mm-hmm. and
2: fresh fruit and juice boxes and things that kids can eat and, um, you know, microwavable foods. So those things that are fairly easy to prepare, um, especially there's a lot of cases where older children are taking care of younger children.
1: <laughs> yes. Um,
2: and so... That has been huge, and I think last year we served over 5,000 children with that program, and this year we're hoping to expand it even more. Mm. So one of the things that people can do is um, go on our website, and there's um, a place where you can make a donation, like put in a a one-time donation or a monthly donation to help support our Supplemental Bags for Children program, and that's really helpful. Or people can do food drives for child-friendly foods. So things like, um, you know, pop-top cans that don't need a can opener Mm -hmm. or um, child-friendly cereals or things like that. We really try to focus, when people have food drives, to have them focus on specific kinds of foods that we really need. And child-friendly foods is definitely one of them, especially during the summer when we're doing that program.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if people want to volunteer, how can they do that? Since you guys need help year round and Westside food bank there, you guys definitely are doing great things. How can we volunteer Genevieve?
2: So again, you can go to WSFB.org and, um, there's a contact us page and you can just shoot an email over to our volunteer coordinator. Her name's Allison. She's amazing. (laughs) And, um, And then she can get you scheduled either to come in to one of our regular volunteer days or if you have a specific group and you want to set up a time for your group to come in, um, maybe on a Saturday um, to do some food sorting in our warehouse. That's something that we definitely need lots of help with. It it sort of ebbs and flows depending on how much food we have in our warehouse. Mm -hmm. Um, But because we're getting that donated produce every week, um, a lot of times what volunteers will do is take the produce from these big, giant, you know, pallet-sized boxes and help us box it into smaller boxes so that our agencies can just grab them and go. So there's lots of volunteer opportunities. We also need volunteers to help out at events. Um, and then we have a hunger walk that happens a little ways away, so I won't talk too much about it, but you can save the date. It's November 10th, and that's our big walk-a-thon. Um, so one of the things that we talked about is efficiency in events, and one thing Westside Food Bank does not do is have a big, fancy gala dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, those take so much work and are so expensive to yes. put on. Yes, yes. And so <laughs> we really try to avoid that, and instead we have our annual walkathon, and it's great. People walk on the beach. It's free. Anyone can participate, and people have the chance to do. Um, fundraising and they can set up their own page and they can put pictures on it and talk about why they're participating. Um, And actually that kind of peer-to-peer fundraising is something that people can do anytime. So sometimes we'll have like a business that wants to get their employees to to donate Mm -hmm. and they will set up um, sort of like a virtual food drive. And that's something we can do really easily. And then people can, you know, just send out a link via email, social media, and that really helps us, especially in the summer months because lots and lots of those happen during the holidays, um, not as many. What's <laughs> a
0: virtual food drive? How does that work?
2: So a virtual food drive is where, you know, we know that, you know, not everyone, everyone wants to or even has space to collect food at their place of business or at their school or congregation. And so what they do is they'll um, connect with us and we'll set up a web page for them, where people have options of uh, donating money to, you know, sort of fake buy certain foods. So we'll say how much it costs for a case of bananas or how much it costs for fifty pounds of rice, and people can donate that amount, um, sort of like a shopping cart experience, um, and and they can pick the kinds of foods that that they want to donate, and then. But instead of having to go out and buy the food, they give us the money and then we buy the food on a wholesale level, which is actually a lot more
0: efficient. Oh, got it. Yeah.
2: We can take every dollar and turn it into enough food for four nutritious meals. And that's really not possible for an individual to do. Right. Even if you go to a dollar store or a dollar menu at a fast food place, you're still only getting one meal out of that dollar. Um, And we can get four meals out of every dollar. So, So that's that's really why food banks exist is so we can maximize our efficiency and and take advantage of the economy of scale. And that's true for donations too, because we're big enough to accept a whole truckload of donated food, whereas one small pantry isn't able to do that. So we take the truckload and then we distribute it out to a bunch of different agencies that otherwise wouldn't be able to get that food.
0: But you also accept uh, items other items uh, rather than just food as well. So That's true. We
2: have a toiletries program. So we invite people to, um, to donate either full-size or travel-size toiletries. We know that a lot of the agencies that we serve that are serving homeless populations, um, they really need that stuff. And, uh, and that's really helpful for us. In fact, we have a lot of, of uh, companies where their staff travel a lot. And they'll just, once a month, come in and bring us a giant box of, of travel size toiletries, which is great.
1: Yeah. We
2: also collect baby items. Um, so things like diapers, wipes, formula, baby food. Um, there's a really big need for that. So anyone who's, who's ever had a baby knows how expensive diapers are. Um, and, you know, you go through them. <laughs> you need a lot of them. Right. <laughs> and so... Families that are struggling to, you know, to have enough to eat, you know, they're also struggling to have enough diapers for their kids. Um, And so that's a program that where we collect those items as well. And we're always, you know, we're open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. People can come by the food bank. Uh, We're in Santa Monica, 1710 22nd Street near the Bergamot Station um, uh, on the expo line. And, you know, we welcome walk-ins of donations Um, or people can contact us through our website or giving us a call at 310-828-6016 and we can always coordinate um, donations, but we we like to get that stuff. Another thing is socks. Um, Socks are one of the most requested and most needed items for homeless individuals and so we provide socks. And... That's something that that we collect. So, you know, food is our main focus, mm-hmm. but we also try to meet the other needs that people have. Right. And our agencies are really good about letting us know what they need. Um, and when we can provide those things, we do.
0: Yes. And another way that we can connect is through supermarket rewards. That is true, yes. Uh,
2: you can... Um, sign up for, like, Ralph's Rewards. Um, there's also, if you shop on Amazon, there's Amazon Smile. And every time you buy something on Amazon, a donation can go to West Side Food Bank. I do that all the time. And they tell you, like, you've raised, you know, $35 for West Side Food Bank. <laughs> and it's, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and those little things really do add up. Um, and then, you know, another really simple thing that people can do, and it doesn't cost anything, is just to help us spread the word. You know, we don't really have a big marketing budget, and that's why, you know, being able to come on the radio with you is so meaningful, because it helps us to get our message out. And so you can find us on social media. We're Westside Food Bank. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. So follow us. And when we when we post things, you know, repost them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, tell your friends, like us. It really does help, because... We need people to, to really remind us all that there is a need. There's kind of a misconception that, oh, people on the West Side, you know, who needs food on the West Side? That's where the rich people live.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but the truth of it is our service area includes Inglewood and the LAX area. Um, it includes parts of West LA. Um, there are a lot of people that need food in our area. So we need help getting that message out. And that's a really easy thing to do. Right. Um, is to follow us on social media and, you know, share and repost. And we love people to come and visit. So, you know, if you want to organize a tour and bring people down to this, we think, I'm always happy to show people around. We know that once you walk through our doors, you're going to fall in love with us. (laughs) (laughs) At least I like to think so. Yes,
0: yes. So, Genevieve, I know that you talked about some of the other events that you're having. Um, Something just happened a few weeks ago. Uh, an event that I missed you because I was trying to, just trying to book you, but you were like, I am busy today. Um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't get the studio time. Uh, how how did that event go? Can you tell us about that and how it went? Oh,
2: it was fantastic. So we had uh, what we called the brunch raiser for West Side Food Bank. And it was part of the LA Times Food Festival. So the, the LA Times does a food festival every year called the Food Bowl, and it's the whole month of May. And there's all kinds of events that celebrate LA food culture, but also celebrate giving back and raising awareness. And so we had a brunch at the beautiful Mar Vista restaurant, and um, we actually had people that told stories. So I shared a little bit about my experience of having been a beneficiary of food assistance, mm-hmm. you know, when my kids were little and I was going through a divorce and I just didn't know how I was going to make it, you know, the social safety net was there for me. And I got to say, knowing that, that my kids were going to have food and that at least that one thing was taken care of really made me able to handle everything else. And it was such mm-hmm. a sense of relief. And so I just shared how this is why I do that work. It's because I want to give Other mothers, that sense of relief, of knowing Mm -hmm. that there's going to be food. So that was the story that I shared. But, you know, we also heard from a woman who actually is currently experiencing homelessness. And she has four children. Mm. And sometimes they stay at friends' houses. And sometimes they stay in their car. And sometimes they stay in shelters. And sometimes they, um, you know, stay in, they get vouchers to stay in motels. But their housing is not secure. Mm. But no matter where they are, they know that they have access to food through several of our food programs. Um, and they were accessing food through Food Pantry LAX, which is down in the Inglewood area. And so it was really so generous of her to get up in front of a bunch of people having, a, you know, a really nice brunch um, to tell her story. Um, and then we heard from a student at Santa Monica College who helped to run the food programs there and who talked about some of the people... The students that she hears from that, get, that are getting food, she said more than half of their students are needing food assistance. Um, so it was a really great event where we got to hear about some of the programs that help people. Right. Um, another one of our member agencies is called SAI, Safe Place for Youth, and they work with um, you know teenagers to young adults that are experiencing homelessness. And a lot of these are kids that were in the foster system, but once they turned 18, no longer had access to those resources, or they're from the LGBTQ community and, you know, had to leave home because their families rejected them. And they need a lot of help. In some cases, they don't even have their birth certificates. They can't get a job. They they need help getting their social security cards. And so the volunteers at SPY really do a tremendous job of feeding them, providing them with food, um, clothing, and, and really just support services, being that family that a lot of those transitional age youth just don't have. Right. So it was really wonderful, really heartwarming. And, and everybody had a great brunch, too. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a way for us to connect with some of our supporters, but also to raise awareness about really the great need that exists and put a face on it because, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine who needs help. But the truth is, it could be anyone. Right. And so when you see that even someone like me at one point needed help, you realize, wow, you know, it, who knows who it is? It could be the teacher's aid in my kid's classroom. It mm-hmm. could be the nurse that's helping me at the doctor's office. Like, we all need help. And it, it's not just the homeless people who are living on the street. It, it's also just regular people who are just kind of trying to make ends meet.
0: Right, exactly. Genevieve, how do you go about maintaining, you know, such a positive attitude when, you know, you, you can't help everyone, but that's you true. do what you can. How how do you go about staying healthy in you as Genevieve Reutort? Um,
2: Well, you know, that that's such a great question because in the social service field, a lot of burnout does happen. Yes because sometimes the problem can seem so overwhelming. But I think what really encourages me every day is that I get to be part of the solution, and I get to see how motivated other people are to be part of the solution. So, you know, I'm, I'm the person who's responsible for fundraising, and so when I open the mail every day um, and see that, you know, that there's a, a little old lady that sends us every two weeks. And I know that that $5 is coming out of a pretty limited amount of money, but she's giving what she can. And then I see people that send us $10,000 checks. And then I see the hundreds of people that come to our warehouse to volunteer, the people that come out to do the hunger walk. And I just get so inspired because I know that people care. Mm -hmm. And that's really what keeps me going is knowing that We may not be able to help everyone, but we're helping a lot of people. Right. You know, 108,000 people that are getting food because of West Side Food Bank. That's huge.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It may not be everyone who needs it, and we may not be solving the problem of homelessness today, but if we can at least keep people fed, that's huge. And -hmm. especially when you think about children, you know, they can't wait. They need food today, tomorrow the next day, and as, you know, their families rebuild their lives or, and try to get into better situations, if we're, if we're providing them good, healthy food now, you know, those kids are not going to suffer, um, you know, the kinds of, of problems that could hold them back forever in their life, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to pay attention in school or having health problems. You know, so knowing that we're making a difference, even if it's in some small way, That's really inspiring to me. And I know we are because I get to be a part of this every day. And whenever I feel a little down, I always go and visit our member agencies because when I see the people that we're helping, that's what's inspiring for
0: me too. Yeah, that's great. Well, okay, Genevieve, give us again the rundown on Bill Esparza's Taqueando Festival. Did I say that right? Let's Taqueando yep. Festival. Taqueando <laughs> Festival. It's a taco lifestyle festival. Saturday,
2: June 15th at the Skylight Row in downtown LA, which is uh, 777 Alameda Street. It's this big,
1: huge
2: um, new industrial complex. It's buildings and retail and shops and it's going to be a beautiful outdoor festival with all-you-can-eat tacos. In some cases, you're going to be eating food from chefs that are based out of Mexico that you otherwise would not have a chance to, to eat their food unless you go to Mexico. So this is really kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And uh, you can uh, go to uh, Takeando.com or follow Takeando on social media. Use promo code WSSD, and that gets you $10 off tickets. It's going to be so much fun, $45 for general admission, $75 for VIP, and, of course, $10 off either one of those with our TACO WSFD promo code. So come on down Saturday, June 15th, Skylight Road, downtown L.A. Get your tickets ahead of time because they
0: might sell out. Yes. Well, thank you, Genevieve, for sharing all of the great work you're doing with Westside Food Bank and all of the partners all over uh, Southern California.
2: Oh, thank you so much. We we're really happy to do the work. Um, we love it, and uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to share uh, to share about what we're working on. Um, and actually, you know what? I just realized it's TakeandoFest.com. dot com. dot com to
0: purchase tickets. Awesome. TakeandoFest.com, dot com, and then we'll put it up on a. Uh, our website as well for podcasts. So everybody can get there and uh, grab a taco. Uh, grab a lot of tacos. I'm hungry.
2: <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: Genevieve yeah. Riotort, Chief Development Officer for Westside Food Bank. And Genevieve, if anybody would like to volunteer or donate uh, or get in contact with you, how can they do that?
2: Uh, it's, WSFB.org is our website, and that has all of our information, how to contact us, and uh, that's the best way to find out what we're up to. We'll also have links to the Takeando Festival up there. So what WSFB.org, it's our initials, West Side, we think.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much, Genevieve. All right. Thank you, Laferne. I'm LaFern Cusack. This is ESPN LA 710.
1: ESPN LA 710.